I got into politics my freshman year of high school through my school speech and debate team. And at the time I debated with a male partner and it was, you know, I, I love debate, but it was very frustrating for me to see that, hey, we would be treated differently um, based on how our judges were ranked um, and the comments that we received. His were more often like, you know, the actual meat of our presentation while mine was, you know, what did I wear? Was I smiling enough during my debate? Did I raise my voice too much? Um, and it was frustrating to be hitting this like constant roadblock almost with something that I was very passionate about. Welcome to season four of Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. This season, we'll be talking with some fierce female leaders about things we really care about including the gender gap and social justice. We hope that these conversations spark your passion and sense of agency to affect positive change. Are you ready? Episode nine, things we care about, being the change you wanna see. Welcome, welcome everyone. Well, welcome to another episode of the Confident Podcast, Olivia. I'm excited about today's episode. It's a special one because it's kind of like a Gen Z takeover. Yeah, you're going to be the oldest one there. (laughs) (laughs) By decades, but that's okay because I'm moving over and giving space to these incredible, phenomenal, brilliant Gen Z leaders who are being the change that they want to see. Um, And you set this all up. You want to talk about where you met these ladies? Yeah. So I met uh, one of the co-executives of the organization that we will talk about um, at Ignite National, which is a conference that I went to in DC that was all about, you know, really learning the mechanics of how to run for office. And it was encouraging the next generation um, of women to really step up and run for office and get involved in politics in any way that they wanted to. That's really cool. And actually, I just read this awesome article about Ignite by Alyssa Wright featuring their new CEO, who is a millennial. Her name is Sarah Guillermo. And the article just talked about how it, it, exciting how all this, how millennials are starting to take over as CEOs and the, and yeah. the change that they're driving, yeah. the change not only in strategy, but in values. Um, and it's it's an exciting time. Yeah. And I think no offense, but as as the gen, the next generations come up into uh, you know into CEO positions and into power into their own power, I think that positive change will be enacted. Absolutely. Um, well, let's get to it. Let's let's introduce these phenomenal young women. Rebecca Joseph is a 16 year old high school senior located in California. She founded Woman in Politics in May of 2020 during her first year of high school. Rebecca found her passion for politics through her high school speech and debate team and is now dedicated to serving her community. Catherine Bronov is a 19-year-old sophomore at American University in Washington, D.C., where she studies political science and international relations. She serves as a co-executive director of Women in Politics, a nonpartisan organization dedicated to making politics a tangible career path for young women. Welcome to Confident, Rebecca and Catherine. Thank you for having us. Yeah, super excited. Okay, ladies, this is like amazing. This, first of all, this is a Gen Z takeover, yeah. and I love yeah. this. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love it. Everything you're doing to be the change that you want to see, but I, I'm just like stunned to silence with your bios. Like you're high school senior, college sophomore, and you you yeah. are making me feel guilty for the nap I took <laughs> yeah. this weekend. I mean, like this, you're incredible. 
Oh my gosh, don't be guilty. We all need a nap. Honestly, I need a nap. I think everyone needs a nap. So don't feel guilty about the nap um, 100%. But um, thank you for that great intro. I think honestly, that makes us feel great. Um, Sometimes you kind of get wrapped up in everything going on and you forget about all the accomplishments that have gotten you here. So um, thank you for that first off. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot going on always, and we always try to be the best versions of ourselves. So Olivia read these incredible bios. Is there anything else or something that Google doesn't know about you, which is was just a question we usually start with that you want to share with our audience? I think one thing is, is that I have, I don't know about Catherine, but I have no special talents. Like I can't, I can't bend my arm. You know, the people who bend their arm backwards <laughs> or like, I think Kendall Jenner can make bird whistles. I I can't even whistle normally. Like that is the one thing about me is that I've tried so hard because my sister can do like the, she can fold her tongue into like a four leaf clover, but <laughs> I just, like I don't even have tongue flexibility. So yeah, I guess not having a special talent is something that's that that Google doesn't know. Okay, Rebecca, but I have to jump in here. You do have the very special talent of founding a national nonprofit at the high school. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Unfortunately, that's not a party trick. So exactly, I feel that my little brother, who's going to be a sophomore in high school, he like just taught himself how to whistle, and I'm like, I I feel like I physically cannot whistle, (laughs) and it's really embarrassing for me. It is a a necessary party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We gotta we gotta organize a whistle practice whistle tutorial here for for Rebecca and Olivia. What about you, Catherine? Um. There's a lot that Google knows about me because like back in the day, I did a lot of activities. So I would always get posted on like the websites and stuff. So if you go down far enough, you'll find, you know, that I swam and that I did, you know, I'm a, I'm an ex-competitive figure skater, but like there's a lot going on there. But one thing that a lot of people don't know is that I can, I've been playing piano for like 12 years. Um, So I do like to bring that out sometimes when I see a piano um and it's just a really nice like comfort thing to do like a lot of people need like an outlet that's like my outlet so I really enjoy doing that and a lot of people don't know that so I just sit down and they'll be like whoa and I'll be like it's not that impressive I promise like I'm not even that good all right Catherine I've already decided there's nothing that you can't yes. do <laughs> okay really truly all right getting on to you know the meat of the interview what really inspired you to found women in politics and the title of our episode is being the change that you want to see so what's the change that you guys want to see i think for founding women in politics it came from well it came from me discovering the political field i got into politics my freshman year of high school through my school speech and debate team and at the time i debated with a male partner and it was you know, I, I love debate, but it was very frustrating for me to see that, hey, we would be treated differently um, based on how our judges were ranked um, and the comments that we received. His were more often like, you know, the actual meat of our presentation while mine was, you know, what did I wear? Was I smiling enough during my debate? Did I raise my voice too much? Um, and it was frustrating to be hitting this like constant roadblock almost with something that I was very passionate about. Um, And then COVID hit. And as we know, like our politics became topsy-turvy. And I was looking for some similar outlet to, you know, connect with people on with politics. Um, I couldn't really find one. Um, And I was like hoping after the after two weeks, we'd be back in school and I'd make like the uh, a woman in politics club at my school. But obviously uh, that didn't happen. Um, And I posted a TikTok video, I would say like two or three weeks later. 
um, about this like organization that I just made the website for on Wix. Um, and that uh, TikTok video went viral, which is very, very cool. And it brought people from all across the world, like places that I think Catherine and I have never even visited before um, and really took our mission worldwide and Catherine found whip from there. Um, and yeah, since then we've been growing, changing our mission, changing, you know, what we do to help the people that we are, you know, including in our team and in our community. Um, but yeah. That's amazing. I think that's the definition of a productive pandemic right. time. And let's, I want to stick on the social media because I've seen your Instagram yeah. and your TikToks. You, you all are very social media savvy, which is kind of, you know, a characteristic of Gen Z, but I, I love you define using social media for social good. And can you just talk about your strategy on using social media to amplify your message? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, again, we literally went from being Rebecca thinking that this is just going to be a club to having a viral TikTok bring like 100 plus applicants that started this organization. Um, so when you think about that, that's the power of social media, bringing people together. So that's exactly what we use it for. We use it to bring everyone that has a similar interest or wants to support and amplify this passion and the interest of others, uh, other women going into politics and pursuing this on social media. And it's just, it's like a, it's like a middle ground. It's like a safe space on the internet where you can just come and find whatever resources you want, you know, a good comment, a happy smile, someone to bring you up and make you feel better about you're not the only one trying to do this. You're not the only one that is struggling. You're not the only one that, you know, this is something that like, there's a community of people around you. So that's what we use our social media for. And I think that that really shines through in whatever content we make. Rather, it doesn't have to be, you know, informative. It doesn't have to be specifically politics oriented, really just empowering and making people feel good and feel like, you know, the things that they're doing in their daily lives are making a difference and that they should keep going and keep pushing through the barriers that women and people of color and whoever, you know, minorities have to go through in politics and just make it more, like we said, the whole goal is to make it more tangible and social media makes it more tangible. Yeah, I think social media is, I mean, it does have potential to do harm, but in your case, it has potential to do so, so much good. Um, and so a fact is that a woman has to be asked nine times to consider running for office while a man doesn't even have to be asked once, which when I read that, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like I, it makes sense. Right. You know, um, but I never really knew it in those numbers and those terms. But why do women take so much convincing to run for office? I think it starts subconsciously. And that's something that Catherine and I and women of politics as a whole are trying to tackle with, you know, the book and the magazine and stuff like that but um it starts from you know when you're young you don't see that but that many women I know it's changed as me and Catherine have grown up which is very exciting but you know when we were kids like I never saw anyone any prominent woman until I was about 11 or 12 with Hillary Clinton um and I think just seeing that even though no one ever told me like you can't go into politics you can't go into law it was just subconsciously oh I'm, I'm not even considering that path um, and then by the time you get into, you know, high school, college, um, post-grad, that mentality and that like self-image self of yourself, even if you do end up going into politics and law stays with you in the fact that like, hey, this is something new to me, like I don't belong here. Um, 
so yeah, I think just breaking down that idea and that mold that like, hey, politics is an exclusive field meant for just boys, just guys, um, will help women feel more confident because they'll see people like themselves and it'll be more um, normalized. Great point. I mean, yeah, representation, representation is so yeah. important, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Vermont is finally sealing the deal and sending their first female representative, which means yeah. for the first time in 234 years, all states will have sent a female representative to Congress. Um, but which what? I'm sorry, why in the heck yeah, hasn't taken so long? And and you know we're still only at 27% of Congress um, being women. So your work is so important. I'm curious if you're feeling like that stat that Olivia mentioned, is it different for Gen Z? Is there more like, you know, you know, Gen Zers saying, yeah, of course I'll run for office. I know, I know Olivia has said that she might be interested in running for office some days and she attended the Ignite National. So is do you think that stat's different specifically for Gen Z? I think that there potentially could, I think we'll potentially be seeing a difference. I think that, um, I think that what Rebecca just said, like us growing up in the generation that's kind of has seen more prominent women going into pu the public service sector and, you know, being politicians and, you know, working in the federal government. I mean, I think that a lot of Gen Zers are seeing the Biden administration be very diverse, uh, which has been great for that. And personally, we have gone to, I've gone to the Ignite National Conference and I've gone to uh, Voters of Tomorrow Conference just recently. And I've seen a lot of Gen Z uh, just be very passionate about this. And I, I'm sure that they will eventually be the ones that are in Congress. So I think that that's definitely going to hopefully, fingers crossed, be a statistic that changes uh, as we become, you know, the main generation and we grow up and, you know, graduate college and get real jobs and pursue what we want to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope so too, right? And it does inspire me that, I mean, there are so many Gen Z leaders already, such as you guys. So yeah, it's um, it's really exciting to see what our generation is going to do. And so you guys are both Gen Z leaders, obviously. Um, how do you how did you harness the power of your voice at such a young age to really create this organization and then, you know, launch it? For me, um, it was speech and debate that really helped me shape my voice and find who I was as a person. I think like I compete um, in parliamentary debate, if anyone knows what that means. But um, essentially, you're given 20 minutes to prep. You find out the topic 20 minutes before the debate. And then you just speak for 45 minutes alongside your partner and, you know, your opponents. But I think that time really allowed me to like, hey, like I'm not relying on what other people say or what news sources say. Obviously, I'm using that for my evidence. But this was a lot on me of just, you know, articulating myself, learning how to shape an argument. Um, and I think that has helped a lot really with, you know, with the Instagram, especially about how we want to present ourselves to other people. And I think um, it, I've, I've been learning this whole time with, you know, other people that I've met, um, other ideas and other ways to, you know, reach people and convey your message that'll, you know, grab people. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree slightly, but a little bit. Um, my, my passion for politics came from, from high school as well. I took like a very generic government course. I had a very supportive teacher, but I knew that I wanted to go into politics and I joined WIP. And I think that a lot of the reason that I figured out what path I wanted to go on and what I wanted to do is because of 
Women in Politics and working with Rebecca. So a little bit of a shout out to Rebecca's leadership and just the fact that she founded Women in Politics. I uh, I tell her almost like every week that I'm like, oh my gosh, my life would be so different if it weren't for that viral TikTok and having not found a community that had the same feelings as me, that wanted to you know break barriers, make politics more tangible, do something that uh, seemed impossible. So um, I think that's really actually what found kind of gave me that boost of like being okay well your voice actually does matter because there's a community of people that think that your voice matters and even if the community outside of that is you know kind of pretty much the brick wall that doesn't let you get into the room you have those people rallying behind you to help burst through it so I think that's kind of how I I figured out like having a community behind me has really made me realize that um my tiny voice has an impact so yeah I love, okay, I love everything yeah. you just said, except I take exception. Your voice in no way is it's tiny. tiny. <laughs> you have a loud and proud and bold voice that that's you're making change. That's, yeah. yeah, that's being the change you want to see. It's incredible. Um, you know, something we should have mentioned in your bios is that you're also authors and that Women in yeah. Politics recently released a children's book. It's so yeah. incredible. Again, <laughs> I'm feeling so guilty about that now. Um, but the book is titled Little Lawmakers. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about your book and and how that came about? Uh, the book is like our pride and joy. Honestly, I think, I mean, I think Women in Politics is the mother and Little Lawmakers is the child. Um, <laughs> and it really came about spontaneously. I mean, Rebecca was really talking about representation and we realized that that is not something that is available in our media. And so we were thinking about how, you know, we, uh, Rebecca and I were avid readers back in, uh, you know, elementary school, middle school, even up until today, we are very much avid readers, library goers. So I was thinking about how, you know, we were inspired in as kids to do something in the future and how, you know, kids want to become firefighters or policemen or, or um, you know, doctors or scientists or astronauts or whatever. And they got that through the media, through children's books, through, um, you know, TV shows that they watched and nothing like that existed for politics. Like, inspiring kids to go and be the change that they wanted to be. So that's how Little Lawmakers uh, was born. We realized that there was a untapped resource uh, in the market and that we were the right people to make that happen. So it really does create an inclusive and diverse uh, plot with characters that actually represent everyone and takes them through how to make a bill into a law and explains, you know, is a civic education and explains how our government process works to younger readers that don't typically get that taught in school. I mean, I think Rebecca and I both had the same experience of not really knowing how our government functioned until like maybe middle school, pretty much high school, where you were kind of really taught in depth how it functions. So I think that it's really important that we know from a younger age what our government is doing to serve us and how it actually functions, because then you can't really be a full um, citizen in our society. And yeah, that's kind of what the book tackles and potentially it'll, it'll, um, you know, help other kids find their passion just like we did. I yeah. love that so yeah. much. That's incredible. And even though it's positioned as a children's book, I think there's a lot of adults that probably need to read this too. Yeah. You know, yeah. what is it? There's an abysmal percentage of adults who can pass like a basic civics test. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, no, there's a statistic that a uh, person's only in, in the U.S., a person's only experience with government is their um, 
high school government class, like I think it's nine out of 10 adults. Um, and that's really, that's really terrifying because like for California, at least I'm not sure about the rest of the states, but government is only a semester course unless it's stretched out to a year, which it doesn't need to be. Um, so it's like, what, like three months of your life max, if you're not counting breaks or, you know, the weekends and stuff like that. Um, and then you're expected to know how everything works, which is totally unfair. Um, but, you know, having that first introduction, I know for myself, we've always had like shaky um, history teachers just with everything going on in my school district. So I never really got like, I think uh, other than debate freshman year, I would not have known that like HOR and Senate was all under Congress. I thought they were like two different things. Um, so there's stuff like that where it's like it's as Catherine was saying, it's essential for you to know to vote properly. But if you're not taught it, how are you supposed to know what you don't know? And that's why people are so frustrated with our government. I'm just going to add really quickly. Um, people don't know that they can contact their representatives. They don't know that they can like, you can legitimately in DC walk into the Capitol and say, I want to meet with my representative. Like you don't have to even schedule a meeting. Uh, this was like pre like security issues, but that's just something that people need to know and they don't know. And like, they're frustrated because nothing's getting done, but they can actually voice their concerns to people that have the power to get things done and fix their issues or potentially fix their issues. And yet they don't know how to do that. So I think it's important to be teaching from a young age that, you know, your representatives are not, you know, on the moon and they actually do work for you. I love that. So yeah. let's just agree that everyone should read Little Lamy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so as we're coming to a close, we like to end our uh, interviews with um, fun questions just for our audience to get to know you better. Um, we could talk to you forever, but we do have to wrap it up. So um, I'm going to start with the first one, which is a fill in the blank type question. And it's my mantra is dot, dot, dot. I think I would say consistency over perfection. I don't think I've mastered it yet. Um, and I think Catherine, Catherine will agree with that. I am a little bit of a type A perfectionist person, but sometimes we get so bogged down in like making sure everything looks right. And, you know, everything goes the, this exact right way that you planned out in your head that we forget either to actually complete the task or uh, we don't appreciate the end result as much. So that's something that I'm working on is just Improving by 1%, even if it's not perfect, at least it's consistent. My mantra has to be go with the flow. And I'm sure Rebecca knows this. Um, like Rebecca said, she is a little bit type A and I love her for that. But um, I thought that, you know, I, I kind of bring the balance to that. I bring the, you know, let's not worry about, let's not stress about this. You know, you know, it's going to get done when it needs to get done. You know, everything's going to fall into place. So I'm definitely more of a things will happen when they need to happen type person. And I think that if you needed a little bit of insight to how woman in politics functions, that is exactly how it functions. It goes, Rebecca sets the tight schedule. And then I say, hey, let's relax a little bit. So um, that's kind of the behind the scenes. And that's so interesting because Rebecca is from California, but Catherine, you're the one with kind of the cool ca California vibe. <laughs> a lot of flow certified. So. Um, so other other fun question, last question is, what are you obsessed with right now? It could okay, be what I've been obsessed. Netflix or something, you know, anything, anything fun. I've been, okay, this is like a weird food obsession, but um, Greek yogurt with 
uh, like if you mix it into your like avocado guacamole and then put like make avocado toast tastes so good and it's so fluffy um, <laughs> and it's, it's it's amazing and I think everyone who's listening to this needs to try it as soon as possible <laughs> and, and there's more protein California avocado yeah. vibes there <laughs> yeah if you needed any more um evidence that Rebecca is a California girl uh you just got it but um I think that I'm currently obsessed with everything lavender I know that sounds really weird but I tried this like lavender coffee drink and I'm also a really big matcha person and this coffee shop that I've been frequenting has this lavender like they're doing like a special like lavender syrup and you would think that that would taste really bad, but it tastes really good. And it's kind of like a honey substitute. And I love honey. So that's been my thing for the last couple of weeks has just been like, I've been chugging this. Like, it's not good for my health, but you know, hey, whatever makes my day brighter, really, right? It doesn't, it doesn't affect like my, me internally. It's just, you know, it makes my health, my, my day and lavender is very calming so that goes with your okay yeah, and also I'm all about like little you know you got to get yourself a little treat you know to keep yourself yes going. that's me like I got to get through my day like I need that yeah. little coffee to boost my day yeah, yeah the so little treat one. culture Olivia has schooled me on in fact we went back to school shopping last <laughs> night and afterwards she's like okay <laughs> we gotta get a little treat we need to <laughs> I agree with that I agree with that I'll get out of work and I'll be like gotta treat myself <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Well, listen, Rebecca and Catherine, you're both so impressive and certainly inspiring Gen Z leaders. I think you're, you've kind of have laid out a roadmap that other Gen Zers yeah. can follow for being the change that they want to see. It's incredible what you've done and keep going because the world needs you. It's, it's just so impressive. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys are so fun to talk to and, you know, taught me so much. Thank All you right. So and much. we'll look forward to possibly doing a, a, a global live girl and women in politics summit. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds wonderful. Uh, we definitely would love to meet in person. Okay, yeah. Let's start planning that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. Have a great day. You as well. Thanks for having us.